Take the five daily helpers online course to help you feel and cope better. Protecting yourself against the stresses and strains of daily life can be a challenge. Open Forwards helps you live life to the full by giving you the knowledge, the skills and the support to make yourself calmer, healthier and more confident. Find out how to sign up by moving on up to www.openforwards.com. Open Forwards helps you discover effective self-help, get some solid guidance that has a scientific basis and save time by getting straightforward rundowns on the stuff that works. This is Self-Help SatNav. Today I am going to be speaking with a consultant psychologist uh, chartered by the British Psychological Society. He is one of the co-founders and the clinical director of City Psychology Group, which is based in the City of London around Liverpool Street and Canary Wharf, and they also provide psychological services at Harley Street. He is author of several self-help books, namely Fear and Self-Loathing in the City, A Guide to Keep Insane in the Square Mile. The Little CBT Workbook, A Step-by-Step Guide to Gaining Control of Your Life. Mindfulness for Busy People, Turning Frantic and Frazzled into Calm and Composed. Working with Mindfulness, Keeping Calm and Focused to Get the Job Done. And most recently, The Little Act Workbook. This is with Dr. Michael Sinclair. Hello, Michael. Hello, Jim. Hi there. Thanks for having me along to talk to you. I wonder if we can get straight into something here, which is about an example or a compelling example of how you've seen self-help or ACT help somebody's life before. Sure, Jim. Okay. Um, There's probably a number of examples I could probably share with you, um, maybe from my personal life or or even the clients I've worked with. If I um, choose a client... um, there's a let, let me tell you about a gentleman that um, I was working with a few years ago. Um, he came along to see me um, in quite acute distress, really. He was really low in mood, really quite anxious, um, and really, really angry. And this was really um, very much in the context of his uh, wife's um, untreatable cancer diagnosis, and particularly um, her kind of choice not to follow doctor's advice um, in terms of looking after her health and particularly she was really keen on continuing to smoke cigarettes and um, this client was enraged by this um, choice his wife was making Um, he was he was petrified of losing her um, and was really angry that she wasn't you know thinking of him particularly and how he was going to be left alone um, once she passed away and so forth so he was really um, angry um, and, and also anxious about her, her impending kind of um, uh, demise, really. Um, he had presented with suicidal thoughts, thinking that he was definitely going to kill himself as soon as his wife ended her, uh, or her life ended, excuse me. 
um, and was really caught up in a, in a real blame story in his mind. So um, his mind was giving him all sorts of thoughts, such as if only my wife would change her behavior, then you know I wouldn't have to feel like this and we can enjoy our life again, um, or the precious time that we have left together. Um, and really caught up in, in a lot of blame towards her. He found it really difficult to spend any time with her and the very sort of minimal time they did spend together, um, they were arguing all the time. Um, the more he thought these thoughts in his mind, the more um, angry he became, the more he would nag his wife, the more he would check up on her behavior and so forth. So it was really difficult for the couple to be together. As um, we were talking, it was very clear that this gentleman had some really important aspects of this relationship, um, parts of the relationship that were really important to him, that he was clearly, you know, really scared to be losing. Um, particularly, um, he identified how, you know, being intimate with his wife and close with her and supporting her and generally just sharing fun times together was what really mattered to him um, about this relationship and what he was really going to miss once she'd gone. Um, and it was quite clear to him that he um, soon realized that the more he kind of just um, engaged with these kind of thoughts that entered his mind on a kind of autopilot fashion, sort of thinking that she was to blame, the more angry he would become and the more kind of inconsistent his behavior towards his wife would be in, in relation to what he really cared about. So the more he thought these thoughts, the more angry he would become and the more he would have a go at his wife, basically. So he started to think about the ways that um, he would like to be as a partner um, in the precious time that they had left together, um, being more supportive, more caring, more loving. Um, and started to set some really, you know, tangible goals, if you like, things that he could do um, in order to move closer to these really important qualities that he wanted to demonstrate and, and move closer to this kind of, the kind of relationship he really wanted to have. Particularly, um, he, you know, decided that he would actually sit down and make a, a real effort to, to communicate with his wife about other things other than her health, the diagnosis, and particularly her smoking. Um, and to think about, you know, um, other ways that they could maybe connect again. Um, they used to really enjoy um, uh, spending time together in their local cafe uh, where they'd sit and watch the world go by. They used to enjoy the local pub quiz, um, these sorts of things. And also the seaside. So he hired um, um, some help to uh, and a wheelchair to take her out to the seaside um, and these sorts of things. And really, um, you know, in a kind of purposeful way, um, started to, to act out on, on, on these sort of ways of being and, and doing these activities with his wife. Of course, while he was doing this, um, these kind of thoughts about how his wife wasn't caring for him, um, how she wasn't looking after her health, um, how he'd be alone and vulnerable, these feelings of vulnerability, these, this anger and, and loss were, were all still very much present for him. But instead of struggling with these thoughts and feelings, instead of trying to remove control or, or get rid of them in some way by changing his wife's behavior, um, he allowed them to sort of be there. Um, and he applied some of the techniques that we talk about in our book, particularly in the loosen up chapter um, to these sorts of experiences. So he was able to gain some distance um, from some of the thoughts in his mind, allowing them to come and go um, increase his sort of sense of willingness um, to have these painful feelings. Um, um, all in the service of being able to sort of live by what he truly, truly wanted to, to do and, and what mattered to him the most. Um, it's a really touching story that stayed with me for these years. Um, he, you know, he and his wife were able to enjoy some really special quality time together in the precious time that they had left um, together. And unfortunately, his wife did pass um, and he didn't end his life, which is uh, great news to, to know. And uh, continues to apply these sorts of skills to his life. Um, 
these act skills of, of sort of loosening up around painful thoughts and feelings um, as he continues to adjust to a life without his wife. Um, he still finds meaning um, in his life and he actually now um, volunteers his time uh, to a charity and, and works in a, in a hospice uh, with families who are also affected by cancer diagnoses. So it's a really touching story and really speaks to, to some of the powerful powerfulness, uh, excuse me, of these, um, these techniques that we're, we're talking about in this book. I'm not surprised you remember that story. It's, yeah. it's quite moving to listen to. Yes, it, it, it stayed with me and, and it, it, it's certainly moving. Absolutely. A couple of things struck me, at least yes. listening to you, Michael. One was, I guess the first thing is, is, is what an opportunity for both of you to come together and at this time in his life when mm -hmm. that's happening for him. Yes. And that just so how powerful those thoughts and feelings must have been for him at that time. Um, how frightening everything must have, have felt alongside mm. the anger that you you said he was he, he came to you about. Um, mm. and it's interesting to hear you use that phrase "loosen up." Yes, which I, I know is in your uh, uses as one of the chapter titles. Um, and it kind of made me think about having to come to terms with what was happening and acceptance and letting a lot of those thoughts and feelings be so that he could make most of the time that he, they have together absolutely um i mean the, the intensity of emotion that, that this gentleman was experiencing was was quite severe and of course our usual kind of um habitual response as a human being is to, is to try and get rid of these feelings it's quite natural quite understandable um and this gentleman was was trying his absolute best to do that and of course you know was turning to his wife to help him with that in essence um but of course, the more he was doing that, the more he was re recognizing eventually, um, um, noticing that actually this wasn't really getting him to where he wanted to get to, um, was just exacerbating some of these experiences for him, of course. Um, and certainly um, his attempts to get rid of them were, were moving him away from what he really cared about. Um, absolutely. I mean, he, he, he was sort of struggling to such an extent that um, it, it became quite liberating to hear that there was a, an alternative um, approach to these experiences, one where he could actually just loosen up around them. Um, and in doing so, which is a very brave thing to do, of course, because it was about um, letting some of this experience be there. Um, but he soon realized that actually the more he did that, um, you know, the, the, the less of it he came to experience. In fact, it wasn't that they all went away, these feelings. Um, they're very still much there and are, and are today um, for him, as he's told me. Um, but the thing is, is that life got, got bigger around these experiences. It wasn't just all about the eradication of these feelings, these, un, these, un, these painful feelings um, and troublesome thoughts. It was, it was actually that they could be there and actually why they were there, there was a lot more to life, a lot more to his relationship that he could actually um, get in contact with and enjoy. That's interesting. His life got bigger around the problem. Yeah, exactly, yes. He was sort of using tools, if you like, that just weren't working too well for him and ended up with his, his experience of his relationship sort of shrinking and narrowing. It all became about getting rid of his pain and changing his wife's behaviour. But soon there was much more um, that he was able to experience uh, in life. Um, I remember the, the metaphor we used at the time. It was a bit like him trying to... Um, uh, uh, tighten a screw by using a hammer 
um, of course, you know, yeah, all well and good, you're using a tool, but it may not be the right tool in this, in this context at this time. Um, maybe trying to get rid of these feelings isn't the answer right now. Maybe it's about applying a different tool, one way you can sort of respond to these experiences in a more kind of flexible or looser fashion. Yeah. Yeah. And is there anything you remember about the feedback he gave you about what it was like once he started to apply this different way of of dealing with things? Absolutely. I mean, I, I remember him using the term liberating. Um, he, he was he was questioning his own sanity to some extent as well, because he'd been trying so hard to, to fix the problem as he saw it. Um, that, and he wasn't succeeding, of course. So he started to uh, describe how he, he felt sane again, <laughs> um, how he felt liberated, um, how he got back in contact again with with his with his um, what matters to him and his relationship, of course, um, a, a greater sense of vitality in life. He was talking about um, how he started to, you know, take take more enjoyment and, and meaning from 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 his life. So it's, it's a good testament to the book, really. That it is actually, isn't it? As I was, as I was describing it, it sounds pretty good. Yes. The, the fact that it, it felt him, it helped him to feel sane. Yes. And it gave him some liberate, some liberation, yes. some liberty is uh, is quite powerful. It's quite it's quite a encouraging testament to the approach and the book. I what I was going to say, certainly the, the book, but certainly the approach in the book. I think we can know a lot of it to act. Of course, um, mm. it's a very powerful um, approach. Yeah. I've got the book here in front of me. Oh, great! And uh, it's. Uh, it's First thing that grabs you about it is its shape and size. Mm. So it's um it's a squarish book almost. I don't know if it's entirely square. My it's a bit <laughs> of an optical illusion. I haven't got out the ruler for it, but it, it feels very nice in your hands. Yes, is my is my first observation with it. Yes. How did that, this book come about for you? Thanks, Jim. Yes. No, I think that that was our our main aim really to make it as kind of attractive and pick upable, if you like, a nice word from the publisher as we could, um, because um, I think that you know our main our main aim with the book was really to try and um, get acts as much as we can out into the the water supply is a, a term that my co-author Matt and I have come up with um, to describe our intention here. We we really want to kind of um, increase the the, the kind of publicity and promotion of ACT um, and help the efforts around that as much as we can. I mean, with such a powerful model um, that we uh, both recognize, both in terms of applying it to our own lives and certainly um, you know, helping people to apply it um, to their lives and, and, and people we work with on a daily basis, we can see how, how beneficial and powerful the model is. So we've been really keen to help the promotion of the, mo uh, of the model and get the word out there. Um, particularly in the UK as well, where we find that maybe the model is less well known and, and kind of um, understood. Um, so we're really keen to get behind it with, with bells on. We thought that this format would be a useful way to do that, uh, particularly for people who, you know, may be new to the model, haven't heard of it before. They, they may be more inclined to pick up a book like this that's kind of um, maybe more appealing in its size and format, feeling like you don't have to sort of commit too much to it to find out about it or invest too much time or, or money even as cheap as chips as well. So it's a kind of um, an attempt to, to really spread the message far and wide as possible. Um, we're really hoping that the book will, will prove helpful to people in, in, in other ways as well, perhaps to people that for whatever other reason feel it may be difficult to engage in, in a lengthier book. Um, maybe they find it difficult to concentrate or just generally like most of us life so busy. Um, 
or it could be you know useful to people that um are kind of waiting to to be seen by a therapist say um who again uh, may just want something to sort of um prime them um, um before they embark on a course of say act therapy or um or other people that are in therapy maybe um might want to use it as a refresher um and generally, we're just hoping people may, you know, even clinicians, practitioners may be able to point their clients towards the book as a kind of valuable resource. So we're really hoping that in its kind of brief, combat, compact um, uh, format, it, it, it seems accessible to people, appealing to people, um, and helps to, to, to spread the message of ACT further and, and signpost people to everything ACT has to offer, of course. There, there are a lot more in-depth books out there um, that can um, that people can turn to, to 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 learn more about ACT, of course. But pick up ability. I like pick that. up ability. That's the word. That's, that's <laughs> your that's your aim with this with this particular book. Yeah, that's absolutely. The unique selling points. Yes. <laughs> I, I can start to notice more aspects of that now. You said that and ah. and pointed that out to me. Yes. Yes. We, we wanted to get straight to the content, of course, the important um, aspects of the model. We we chose some interesting words um, to, to use as, as titles, particularly for the main skills in the book, the, the skills of wake up, loosen up and, and step up. Um, Matt and I had some long discussions about the appropriateness of some of these these, these words, and they may be quite provocative at times or, or, or striking. But um, we, we, we went for them because we wanted to just sort of get to the point, if that makes sense. And along with that, um, and draw the reader in quickly. And of course, along with that, we, we also think that um, they, do, they do encapsulate the essence of, of, of some of the fundament, fundamental messages here in ACT, yes. As a, as a fellow Englishman, Michael, yeah. they, seem, they seem fitting for the UK market as well. Oh, good. Oh, that's good. We hadn't, we hadn't considered that. So that's brilliant. OK, yes. No, I was, I was thinking more broadly as well. Like, who yeah. who are you targeting with this book? Who who are you hoping it would be helpful to? Well, really, um, you know, we we start the book talking about sort of mental health difficulties and so forth, but um, we're hoping that the book may appeal to all sorts of people. And certainly, we know um, in our work and and witnessing in in, in colleagues and, and friends and so forth and people we know that the model act is really applicable to a large variety of people. It's not just for people who are a kind of suffering um, mental health difficulties. Um, uh, this can be applied to um, our lives in uh, everyone's life, really. Wherever there's a human, I suppose, act is applicable and um, in many different contexts. I mean, the research tells us as well that um, it's not just an effective psychological approach to help with mental health difficulties, but also um, with promoting our well-being and, and in, increasing our performance and functioning in, in all areas of life, uh, be that kind of um, work, for instance, um, where, you know, it's, a, it's about, you know, moving towards a, a life that we, that we really care about and, and the sort of life we prefer to be having. Um, it's a, it offers us a set of, of life skills, if you like, um, uh, skills that we, any one of us can apply to our life. Um, ACT is really interested in and, and helps us understand uh, what it is to make us human, the kind of human processes and principles uh, that are, are, are within us all, really. And, and with that understanding, we can make sense of our suffering. Uh, we can make sense of when we're just stuck in life, whether that's at work or in our relationships um, with family, with loved ones. So hopefully the book will um, be helpful to uh, a number of people, not just those who may be suffering with a, a mental health uh, difficulty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any tips or is they is there a top tip that you have that you could suggest to somebody about how they might get the most out of using books? Sure, Jim, yeah. Um I think that 
with a book like this, it's it's really tempting just to sort of read it from cover to cover in in one uh, short sitting, really. And and that that's a great place to start. And we'd say that that was a really good place to start. Um, but we would also encourage the reader to to revisit the book, um, and particularly to try out the the, the numerous sort of um, exercises um, within the book that we invite uh, readers to participate in. Um, ACT is 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 not just a, a model that requires us to sort of engage our heads and, and intellectualize uh, and think through our problems. Um, as readers will understand if they don't know already, that um, uh, our thought and language is often all too often the problem rather than the solution. So ACT instead is, is much more a very experiential approach. So we really encourage readers to re revisit the book um, and really try out the practices in the book um, as regularly as possible. Uh, we use a metaphor in the book of a, of a, of a of like it's like learning to ride a bicycle um, much the same as as learning to ride a bike if you were just to uh, read about how to steer or balance or push down on the pedals you you may not really get very good at riding a bike um, instead we need to sort of get on the bike and actually learn through experience um, and maybe probably also fall off a few times along the way so a similar approach is called for I think in, in getting the most out of this book um, it's really important that if you want to benefit from the book and act is that you actually do act, do the exercises in the book, and hopefully that will reap rewards. And there are a range of exercises in here. I love the way that you use a mixture of experiential exercises and the practical uh, ones where you're getting people to notice just kind of what works in the short term and what happens in the long term. And... Um, mm -hmm. And in the use of metaphor there that you, that you come back to several times seems to just kind of explain the points that you're trying to make very well. Oh, good. I'm really pleased this is all coming across in the book. Excellent. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, we, um, you know, um, chose a few, selected a few, um, you know, well-known kind of metaphors um, that were out there um, and, and some of our own are in there as well, of course. Um, but yeah, we use this kind of recurring metaphor throughout the book to sort of tighten it up again and, and sort of add to that sense of, um, uh, tightness and, com and compactness in the book rather than going off with with uh, many other metaphors. So we've got this kind of metaphor of the two paths that hopefully ties the book together um, uh, nicely. So yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot in there, but again, it speaks to the, the experiential um, uh, component of ACT and the importance of that, um, hopefully, yeah. Learning by doing and learning through experience. Yeah, absolutely that, yes. And, and then I think, go on, sorry, yes. Well, I was just going to turn to you, Mike, and yes. ask you about your own experience. And, and yeah. I wanted to know whether there's something helpful, maybe something that you do quite regularly or every day that you think makes a big difference to your life and what and how you want that to be. Sure. Um, well, for me, it's all about ACT. I'm pretty, pretty bought into the model. So I, I, I would say that I kind of apply these these tools uh, to my life. Um, and I think that, you know, most of us act practitioners do. We, we sort of uh, are drawn to the model because, because it, it resonates so much and, and we see the value in it. So um, particularly, um, I'm, I'm one for mindfulness. So I, I will, you know, uh, cultivate as much present moment awareness as I can throughout my day. Uh, you'll probably see me, if, you, if you're a fly on the wall, of course, at home, you would, you'd see me sort of um, uh, uh, spending some time sort of practicing mindfulness each morning as part of a, a morning routine, actually. Um, but it's not just in a kind of uh, sitting cross-legged in a lotus position that I'll do that. Um, I tend to do it throughout the day, um, grab moments here and there, incorporating it into daily routine. Um, it might be that I 
eat my my sandwich at lunch in a mindful way um and that doesn't mean i sit there sort of meditating on a sandwich for an hour but it, it would be about sort of having a a first bite mindfully so i might sort of um uh, you know notice the kind of compulsion to to take a bite before i do and then sort of notice the impulses to chew as uh, before i before i take uh, chomp down on the sandwich uh, so just moments here and there as much as i can just to cultivate this this present moment awareness um, um, as we speak, speak about in the book so we can remain awake, uh, to wake up to the kind of psychological traps and, and kind of uh, stories that my mind gives me throughout the day so I can remain aware of those and, and not fall into those sort of traps. Um, I suppose values is, is a really important aspect, of course, as well uh, within the book and something that I, 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 I sort of make a purposeful effort to check in with uh, each day in my own values, um, thinking about you know how aligned my... My behavior has been with those throughout the day, <clears throat> thinking, you know, at the end of the day, sort of uh, when I was in that situation or in this context, uh, you know, did, did I really behave in the way that I really wanted to? Um, was that really, you know, how I wanted to be? Um, and just keeping that, 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 that kind of quiet reflection alive. Um, and I suppose for me, um, Often my values, as they are for many of us, is, is about stepping out of our comfort zone, my comfort zone. So um, I do try and step out my comfort zone at, at least once a day, actually. Um, <laughs> and this doesn't have to be sort of grand gestures or, or big kind of acts. Um, certainly if I'm doing a, a, a workshop or a talk or something, then that's often fills me with dread. And, and I do, you know, put that uh, down to me uh, living by my values, particularly in terms of sort of you know, sharing information and, and um, it, it, uh, inspiring others, uh, teaching um, uh, and sort of spreading some of these messages around. Um, but I suppose it can be small things as well. I mean, uh, even today, this morning, uh, sort of rushing into work at 100 miles an hour, um, <laughs> I was in a rush and my mind was telling me how important it is that I need to get there now and I haven't got time for anything else. Uh, but there was a lady at the train station who, um, you know, had quite a few shopping bags with her. So I thought to stop. Um, and hold the door open for her, which was really out of my comfort zone in that moment because actually I just had to get to work. But, you yeah. know, just these small things um, really, again, aligned with the value of, of, of looking out for others, uh, caring for others, um, but again, stepping up my comfort zone. Uh, I, I, these things really bring a sense of well-being to my life anyway, a sense of meaning um, and, and vitality. So I suppose those are the sorts of things that um, I would, uh, you know, keep, I, I tend to keep alive for myself, yeah. Thanks, Michael. That's really that's really lovely to hear. Thanks for telling us a bit about you there as well. You're welcome. Yeah. So you're at the City Psychology Group. That's is that where you are most of the time? That's right. Yes, I work there uh, in full time private practice. Um, it's a group of us there, uh, about fourteen of us psychologists. Um, so I, I I own that practice and and, and uh, work as the clinical director. So. We're a team there. We work. We see people um, of all ages, uh, individuals, couples, uh, mainly doing act, but other psychological therapies as well. Um, and we're based in London, yes, uh, in, in Harley Street, Liverpool Street, and, and Canary Wharf. We're, we're based. And what's your web address for that group? Yeah, that's uh, www.citypsychology.com. And if somebody wants to get in touch with you for for whatever reason, what's the best way that they can do that? Well, they can they can contact me through the website. Um, they can there's a uh, email address on there which is www.contact@citypsychology.com, and um, that that will be passed straight to me. I'll be really happy to speak to anyone about uh, answer any questions they have or when they want to find out more about the book or anything else. Indeed, no problem. Brilliant. 
Well, thank you, Michael. I really appreciate you joining me today to take the time out and uh, and tell me all about um, your work. Um, and no I really hope the news. I think it'd be very useful to our listeners. Yeah, that's really good to hear. I'm really pleased that it, it might be helpful to people. And, and thank you very much, Jim. Thanks for having me on. It's been enjoyable. Thanks, Michael. Bye. Cheers. Thanks. Thank you.